sending us. So good morning, everyone. It is a pleasure to be here. It's a privilege to have an opportunity to speak. Um, we have a pastor who kicks us out, whether or not we like it or we don't, but we get an opportunity to share and break the word of God. So we can't say so we don't know how to, or we don't want to, because it's not, it's not an opportunity. It's not, it's not an option. Okay, this morning my sermon will be called Peace of Pieces. So is it peace or are is your mind in pieces? But before we delve into my message, let us pray. Father God, I recognize of myself, I am nothing. I am nothing, Lord, but I am your daughter and I belong to you. It is a privilege to be able to call you Father. And even now, Father God, we invite you to take control and continue, Father God, to speak through me. I pray, Almighty God, that every single ounce of this message will be broken into pieces and go and reach the hearts of whomever you want it to reach. Father God, I pray, God, that you will meet each person at the point of their need. You know what their needs are, God. For those who are online right now listening and for those who are listening for the future, may this word go forth and will not return to you void. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, you are my strength and my redeemer. Peace. It is said that um, I, my sister read the word, but I'm going to read it again. And I'm going to use, I think this is the NIV and the message. I'm only going to read chapter 1427 because that's where my main focus will be on. But I mentioned um, verse one because it is a backdrop of what 1427 has. So it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. I do, do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. The message says, the message version says, peace do not leave, peace I leave with you the way you are not used to being left. Feeling abandoned, bereaved, so do not be upset. Don't be distraught. The truth is, brothers and sisters, we are at some point rocked by different things. And we heard before that we're to fight the good fight of faith. But today I'm going to encourage you to fight the good fight of peace. That's the oxymoron. However, it is a fight if we recognize 
how difficult it is to keep our peace at times when the enemy buffet us with all sorts of issues. Peace is offered, the peace offered by the world is empty. It is not a peace that stays, it's a temporary peace. And we think, okay, we have happiness, but we don't. <laughs> it is a lie. God's peace is permanent. It, uh, it is offered by the only one who can give peace. And if we trust in his word, he will heal us. He will heal us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he has reconciled us to himself. In the world of social, political, religious turmoil, we sometimes think that um, it's not possible to have peace. We, we want to look to our good friends, our, our loving family, safety and security. Sometimes life requires a lot of us and we are, our minds are not at peace. Some people think of the 2.2 kids and the picket fence as being the perfect life. And so if we have that, we'll be at peace. Life. Some people think of the bank accounts, the achievement, whatever it is to be loved by everyone. It is not peace. We're not going to get it. Life is not perfect and it is not easy. It is not simple. Life can, is filled with difficulties and trials, but we must have peace at the same time because that is why he, he went to the cross. That is why Jesus went to the cross. He, one of the things that he has given to us is peace. The world sees peace as something that there's no conflict. That is not peace. This isn't true. It is not the truth. The true peace is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he provides us inner peace which surpasses all that the world offers. If we look on him with faith, we will receive peace in the different circumstances. The Lord says that he leaves his peace with us. According to Baker's Evangelical Dictionary, um, this is the definition of peace. There are several definitions, but um, according to this biblical definition, peace is the, it conjures up a positive picture showing the absence of civic disturbance or hostility or a personality free from internal or external strife. Biblical concept of peace is larger than the rest heavily on the word, root word being shalom. To be complete, to be sound, to be static, meaning whole and complete, to live well, um, 
we see the word shalom being used as a greeting or it is a blessing to say shalom in the middle east you hear it all the time um shalom is to be in right relationship with between parties of both people and it is also a place of establishing a covenant and um we see that in numbers 25 verse 12 and 13. It also relates to this covenant being renewed each time they took a peace offering. It represents prosperity, fulfillment. It represents victory over one's enemy or absence of war. This is in the Bible still. As we navigate through life, we choose to walk, people who choose not to walk with God have no idea of peace. They may try having a Zen moment, which is supposed to be hip nowadays, and um, yoga practice, but all of this is temporal. It's not permanent. Here are some ways the world um, suggests that there is peace. Peace should be instant. It should come right now. It's like a microwave thing. That's number one. Two, you should, you can find peace during, you cannot find peace during difficult times. Our minds is in bits and pieces. We, 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 we worry over this and we worry over that. Number three, Peace is the absence of war. That's not true. Peace is the absence of war in a certain connotation, but for Christ's peace, that's not true. Admitting our faults and weaknesses does not bring peace. Number five, peace comes from a focus on our needs. Number six, peace is comes from seeking approval from others. Social media, IG, Facebook, TikTok. We try to provide our own peace. However, on the, the, the other side, in contrast, where Christ is concerned, peace is sometimes we have to wait upon peace. We have to not quit. We have to trust in God that good things will happen. Number two, peace can be even in the midst of trial. Even the storm is raging and we can have peace. Number three, peace can be found in any circumstances. Number four, sincere repentance bring peace. This is a very beautiful word repentance. It promises an escape from our old habits of sin. And so when we repent, there is a sense of peace that comes with repentance, true repentance, not just saying, oh God, I'm sorry, I will never do it again. And then five minutes later, we're doing it. Repentance is turning away from what the, we have done wrong 
and this can also bring peace. Number five, peace comes from serving as a peacemaker and being with others. Number six, peace comes from seeking to be a better disciple of Christ. The kind of peace that Christ gives is righteousness. It's a gift that is promised by the atoning of our sins. We, we sometimes think that this peace of the world, the temper of um, happiness is okay, but it's not. It delivers us in a place where we have a sense of okay, we're okay, but we're not. We're actually in a very terrible place. The backdrop of Jesus talking to his disciple about not being troubled, which is John 14, verse 1. And he said, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and also trust in me. Some version says, believe in God and also believe in me. Here we see where it is possible for us to use the word trust and believe similarly. Trust, do not let your hearts be troubled. Think about it. With the world, with all the crises and all the, the things that are happening, we're often troubled. But God is saying to us, do not let your heart be troubled. When we look at the disciples in this particular scripture, the disciples were being, their hopes were being dashed because their leader is leaving. He is not just their leader, but some, for, for some, he was their friend. There was a certain amount of affection towards him. So this person leaving would affect them emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise, because they were at the place where they relied heavily on Jesus. They looked to him. He was their teacher. He was not just their teacher. He was their Lord. He was their king. And if we remember anything about the Jews, they were looking for this Messiah to come and to overthrow the kingdom of the Romans. And so when they're recognizing that Jesus will not be with them anymore, because this is what Jesus is saying, they, they were disturbed. They were um, distraught. Just think of when you lose a friend. I mean, all of us are old enough to be able to, to be at that age group where you actually lose a friend. Just think of all of what the emotions that goes with that. And those were the emotions that the, the disciples were feeling at that particular time. They were very iffy and wondering what will become of us. And so Jesus was saying, do not let your heart be troubled. Jesus is saying to us today, do not let your heart be troubled. He is with us. He is for us. And as we go on, we understand that there are promises that he has made that he cannot break because God watches over his word so that it may be completed. 
when we um think of the scripture um john 14 27 we recognize that the disciples had a lack of trust in Jesus. This is A, point A. My point A, G, the disciples had a lack of trust in Jesus. What do we do when our peace is attacked, both internally and externally? This pictures a situation, just quiet your minds and picture a situation of turbulent wind. Not just as it is windy, you're out on the sea and there is no, no, there's people in the boat with you. However, there is the sail is, is um, shredded to pieces. So the wind is not carrying it anywhere. It's going back and forth according to where the wind blows. There's no control. And so they're on this boat and they, the wind is blowing, the engine for the yacht is no longer functioning. So you are drifting aimlessly, or so you think. You have prayed, you have repented, you have fasted, you have waited on the Lord. What do you do? Do you say to God, help? And, or do you say, God help those who help themselves? This is not biblical. It is not a statement that is biblical. We hear it all over the place, but it is not a biblical statement. Do you come up with something, per, a perfectly logical situation and put your opinion to God and then pray for a solution? Or do we spiritualize it? Do we pray telling God exactly what the solution is to be? We are becoming idols. We are becoming idols to our own selves. We are being gods. When we come with a solution to our father and say, this is it. This is what we want. We are becoming idols before him. NLH, remove your idol, including me. Stop praying that way. It is, it is, it is, <laughs> it is a dreadful thing to fall in the hands of God. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have fell there so many times. Thank God for his grace. We are putting ourselves as idol when we come and dictate to the Lord how our prayers to be. I was slapped in the face this week by the same thing. Um, Pastor, this week, Wednesday, at prayer meeting, Pastor Ava was praying for about an interview that I was going to. Now, in the past, you know, you pray for, oh Lord, you know, let you get the job and whatever, whatever. However, this week, pastor started praying, Lord, let your will be done. My face flinched. I said, Will, what is wrong with her? She don't know I need to work. Anyway, 
as soon as I, it wasn't, I didn't even say it out aloud. As soon as my brain went there, the Holy Spirit corrected me and said, did you not surrender? Did you not say you wanted to do God's will? I was slapped in the face properly because the truth is I had prayed the prayer of surrender during the week and saying, Lord, let your will be done. How is it that I'm saying, let your will be done? And as soon as I'm hearing a prayer that says your will be done, I am finching. I repented immediately and I continued with an attitude of prayer and experienced the peace of God because I prayed his will and not my will. How many times have we refused to go God's way because we want our own will? Trust ignites our ability to experience peace. We don't trust, we cannot experience peace in God. It is impossible. You, <laughs> if you do not trust, trust is like a light switch. If you don't have this light switch on for trust, you will not experience peace. You cannot say you trust God and experience peace. It is impossible. So when we, we, we look at John 1 and he says, believe in God, substitute trust there. Believing and trust is the same thing. Substitute, when God says that you need to believe, you need to trust him. You need to step out on that water. You need to step out on the water because you trust God. Point B, have an assurance of the word by having faith. Again, we spoke about faith for the last two weeks and recognizing something that faith is the conduit to peace. If we have no faith, we will not experience any peace. So if we have this much faith in terms of just this much faith, we are going to experience this much peace. It is in portions. So the more we, 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 we expand ourselves or choose to expand ourselves in God and allow him to stretch us, then we will experience true peace. We cannot experience peace of God without faith. So brush up on your faith, NLH, including myself, including the chicken. Because the truth is, we are not going to be moving from level one to level two if we do not stretch ourselves. Avoid this doubt and distraught. We, there, as I continue in my message, there are ways that we can stamp out doubt and, and, and being distraught and being concerned because the truth is doing it makes no difference. It does not change your position with God. As a matter of fact, God frowned upon your doubting. God plus you is a massive army. God plus one is massive. God don't need us. 
but you and him is a massive army and recognize that where we are heart posture is important for peace so our heart posture in trusting god and having faith then we will experience the peace of god peace is not just something that we feel or something that we see we gain peace from the lord when our hearts are with him we enjoy true peace and joy without peace there is no joy so everything is intertwined as we go along and and look at the fruits of the spirit and recognize that we can't have one without the other so that's why it's actually just one fruit <laughs> we cannot have joy without peace that is impossible it is it is an oxymoron it's not possible we cannot have joy without peace peace no is no this light switch and the conduit to have joy in order to 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 to, to move from this place we, we we have to step out in miniature steps baby steps to experience this peace what do we do when our bills are due they're past the due date and we're experiencing loss like the shunammite woman that experienced loss with her miracle child this miracle child was given to her if you remember the story any any at all elijah would pass and she would provide food and shelter for him until she built a room upon this her home for him and so he would now stop there and then he gave her the blessing of having this child what do we do when the miracle that god has given to you is taken this woman did not lose her peace she fought for her peace she was not um, distracted she declared it is well and the prof until she, and she went to the prophet until she got her solution this woman went about her business she did not even tell her husband that the child had died what do you do when god has given you a miracle and the miracle is taken away you go back to god nobody can help you the truth is nobody else can help you but the reality is we need to maintain our peace knowing who our god is and it is the posture of our heart why in the middle of the the circumstances of bereavement of tragedy we can still have peace and joy brothers and sisters let us quiet ourselves and try and figure out this peace thing because again without peace our relationship with god is affected in the book the mansions of the heart god is it states that god is calling us to a deeper personal intimacy with him at times the the priors that in of intense prior god gives us a glimpse of himself and his love is beyond the issue of being prayed about 
at the moment. The stress and recollection, the Lord may give a sense of peace that speaks more to his presence than a solution to the issue. When you experience this presence of God, it is a gift. Many years ago, when I was um, earlier in my Christian walk and I experienced this, this presence of God, and there was something where we, we um, our body would feel electrifying and whatever, we were excited about the signs. But as I got older in the Lord, the signs left. And we had to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, recognizing that the Lord is omnipresent. <laughs> He's always here. And we have a way to experience his presence. It is our relationship with him that changes our lives. It is our intimacy with him and his presence that transforms us. Which leads me to our next point. It is impossible for God, point C, it is impossible for God to abandon us. Why? Because he's omnipresent. The disciples were scared that their leaders was leaving. But God is omnipresent and it is impossible for us to ever be alone. God watches over us constantly. He never sleeps. He never, he never takes his eyes off us. He tells us that we are the apple of his eyes. We are in the palm of his hand. So brothers and sisters, even when the enemy is telling us that we are all alone, it is a lie from the pit of hell because it is impossible for us to go anywhere and not experience God. It is impossible for us to go anywhere and not experience the Lord. Once we are in relationship with him, even if he is quiet and not speaking, we are to recognize he is always there. The truth is, many times, well, I was, I'm, I am my, I am not an only child. But we were brought up kind of like we were only children. We were separated um, in our early years. And then when we got back together, my brother was older than I. So I spent a lot of time by myself. And during that time, I felt like I was always alone. When I became a Christian and I understood that God is omnipresent and I can experience him even if I'm in a 10 by 10 or I'm in a position of not moving, God is still there. If I'm in a can, if I'm in a barrel, I'm the only person in there, God is there with me. It's an awesome thing. My brothers and sisters recognize that when the enemy comes and lie to you that you are alone and you are by yourself, it is not true. The disciples expected Jesus to abandon them they, they, they felt like, oh, they have given up all these things and God is, and he's abandoning them. That is not true. It is a lie from the pit of hell. I, my fourth point is 
We cannot experience peace when we expect perfection in life. Embrace the trial. Anne-Marie, embrace the trial. Our, our scriptures speak that there are many troubles, but it is God who delivers us from them all. Embrace your trial. If you constantly expect per perfection, you are at a place where you're setting up yourself for frustration and you're setting up yourself to be in a position of unmet expectations. And when we have unmet expectations, we're frustrated and we're at a place where we are miserable. And this steals our peace. It robs us of our peace. We have no peace when we are expecting perfection because perfection really doesn't exist in life. Life is a place where trials happen and it is consistent. Brothers and sisters, we need to surrender ourselves continually to the Holy Spirit and continually when we surrender, we will experience some form of peace. What are the hindrances to peace? One, when we are not connected to God as the source. When we have not accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will not have peace. When we have, we experience the peace that Christ has given to us. But there are two types. There is the, right, the peace of righteousness, joy, that the Lord has given to us, and the peace that we have to work, our, work out our salvation to get and to keep, to earn, rather. There are, there is, we were enemies of God before we became Christians. Romans 8 78 states that our mind is hostile to God and we cannot submit to him. Those, the mind is controlled by our sinful nature and we cannot please God. Our nature is naturally sinful. Point two, hindrance to him is when we are, we have not singleness of mind. We doubt, we are double-minded. Our minds is like the troubled sea, as it says in Isaiah 50, 57, 20 to 21. Whose water is east up like mire and dirt. Think about it. Our mind is like the troubled sea going forth. And it is like mire and dirt, mud. That is our mind. And so it also said there is no peace. For the wicked, says God. Our conscience war against us over and over again. So when we do not have a singleness of mind and we have double-mindedness, reality is that our mind cannot be at peace. So it is an hindrance. Point three, misplaced trust in ourselves. Why are we trusting in ourselves 
of ourselves, we cannot do nothing. That's the reality. When we try to work out things ourselves, we end up in problems. We trust in our own ability and our own strength to overcome and to deal with our problems. When our situations, we need to trust in God. We need to hand over our situation to God. We will not experience peace and God's blessing according to Gener Gener Jeremiah 17, 5 to 6. When we are worry-marked, we worry about everything and we don't trust God. Our mind is like Peter in the storm where he, he was crying out to Jesus. Jesus, you don't care about us? Philippians 4, 5 to um, 6 to 7. Number five, interracial conflict with others. Human relationships are important to God. Jesus holds us, told us when others are threatened our, our peace. <laughs> Matthew 7, verse 12, we are to resolve our conflict before we pray. In, in that same Matthew, we are to put down our offering and, and, and go and solve our, our situations before we come to him. Our relationship with God suffers when our relationship with each other is poor. It disconnects us from our peace and our peace with God. When we harden our hearts, and we do not, we do not experience peace. And a hardened heart will not keep you safe. It will keep you imprisoned. Let me say that again. A hardened heart will not keep you safe. It will keep you in prison. It keeps you away from the Lord and it separates your relationship. Your, your prayers, they are not reaching to the heavens but it is stealing it's not going any further than the ceiling comparison comparison with others that's point six when we compare ourselves with each other we find ourselves at a, 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 a place where we're not happy with ourselves all sorts of things is wrong with us because we are comparing with each other god makes us each unique and he has created us for unique purposes. My purpose is not yours and your purpose is not mine. We sometimes go to social media and compare ourselves and expect our lives to be like this person, that person. The truth is, it's not going to. That's not your calling. That's not what God is calling you to do. I am not, Ruth, Ruth is not me. And so we have separate callings and separate purposes in life. We all have the same goal to accomplish God's will, but God's will for Ruth might not be the will for me. James 4 verse 2. We desire and covet. So we murder and we, 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 we cannot obtain, so we fight and we quarrel. That is my version of it. I'm just paraphrasing phrasing here. Point seven, what keeps us from hindrance 
to peace, lastly, I mentioned, is holding on to past situations, divorce, death, the death of a child, a miscarriage, a betrayal, abuse, abusive, um, physical abuse, mental abuse, um, emotional abuse, difficulty with children, and we hold on to these things. God is saying to us, forget what is behind and reach forward. Philippians 3 verse 13. Maintaining your peace must be intentional. We have to fight for it. We have to, 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 to work and make sure, not work physical work, but we work at it by not allowing these ignorances in our life. It is a constant thing. It is, it is something that changes today that what we're working at today to maintain your peace might not be what you're working at tomorrow. We are responsible for maintaining and keeping our own peace. So what is it that is stealing your peace? What is it that is stealing your peace? And how have you continued to allow your peace to be robbed? Surrendering yourself to God's will is one of the ways you keep your peace. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Number two, trust God because he knows best. He is sovereign. You are not. You are not God. And so your opinion might not matter as much as you think. You might present your opinion to God, but at the end of the day, God's will is the one to prevail. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Having faith in God, without faith is it impossible fit to, to please God. Faith is a catalyst. Like the word I was reminded of last week by Sister, Sister um, Solomon. Yes, it is a catalyst. It opens the door to the room of peace. Number four, be contented with your life. Knowing your identity in Christ, you are enough and Jesus is enough. The truth is, God made us the way we are. And whatever needs changing in terms of our individual personality and ways, the Lord will work on it. But recognize the reality is God is enough. Jesus is enough for you. You don't need other things or you, whatever the things that you think might make you happy. When you finally get it, you'll realize it's just temporal. All of this we live in here. Even this body is just temporal. You are not your job. You are not your situation. You are not your house. You're not your car. You're not your degrees. You are enough and Jesus is enough. Isaiah 26 verse three speaks of keeping your peace by keeping your mind on God, keeping your mind on Jesus. Don't keep your mind on your situation. Be contented. Whatever the Lord has given unto you, know. Enjoy it. Enjoy the no moment. Enjoy what the Lord is doing now. When we constantly look ahead and worry about what is ahead, we, we, we lose our peace. 
Be vigilant about your self-talk and pay attention to the conversations that you're having with you. The reality is sometimes it's the enemy, but sometimes it's you. It is your conversation. I'm so this. I'm so fat. I'm so, oh my gosh. The amount of years I spend about how fat I, I wanted not to become because my family is big. Lodge, we spend so much time on all these nonsense. It's just not important at the end of the day. The reality is our self-talk is important. Whatever your mind is feeding yourself, it's not, it's not the enemy. It is you who is feeding yourself these negative words. Know who you are in Christ. Know your identity and correct the self-talk by casting down the imagination that sets itself against the knowledge of God. Dwelling in consciousness of God's presence is my point number six. Dwelling in his presence, experiencing his presence, minutely, daily. Being conscious of his presence keeps us away from a lot of the attack. If we practice his presence, there is a change and a transformation in, his life, in our lives. And this will help us to keep our peace. Another area, number seven, is walking in humility. The Bible tells us so much about humility. We don't want to walk in humility. We don't want to, 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 to give up our so-called rights. What right do you have? None. Before God, it says Romans 12, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Reality, sometimes you don't want to be associated with certain people because they don't have this and they don't have that. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's true. However, God is saying to us, humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He lift you up in due season. My last point in maintaining our peace is to meditate on the word of God. Do not conform to this world, but renew your mind. Guard your heart. And out of it will flow the issue of life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Rob Rima states in soul care, meditation moves the truth from your head to your heart. Let me repeat. It moves the truth. When we meditate on the word, when we don't meditate on our problems, when we don't meditate on our issue, or who is getting what, or who is driving what, but meditate on the word and renew our mind. It moves the word of God from our hearts, from our head to our hearts. As the core value out of a whole overflow of our hearts, we will speak and act. Meditation brings transformation to our actions. Brothers and sisters, a word to the wise. Let us all start meditating on the word, not meditating on our problems. Lastly, what is the importance of peace? Actually, peace affects our relationship with God and it affects our joy. And it 
it also it also affects how we relate to others peace is our spirit foundation peace is our spirit foundation without peace we are affected significantly peace the peace the lord gives us is unique and it is greater than any suffering at the place of peace we experience our relationship with god in such a loving and authentic way peace affects our relationship with lord and we 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 enjoy more when we are at peace if you do not have peace you cannot experience joy i said that earlier but i'm repeating it because the truth is a lot of us say oh we're joyful but the truth is we have no peace our heart is kept close to him and so we experience a different dimension of our love relationship with god colossians 3 states let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. That is a choice that we make. We sit and we choose peace over pieces. Our minds into different things running against the grain. When we experience peace, we discern more. And we will look to God for his will. We want his will because we're at that place where we're experiencing the Lord. First Thessalonians 5.23 mentions God's peace as being a state of sanctification. If your heart is at peace, it is, in, is not at peace, it is impossible for you to be sanctified. You cannot experience or an experience joy or God much if you have no peace. In Ephesians 6, it states that peace, the shoes of peace, we are, are to have the shoes of peace and it is both uh, an offensive and a defensive weapon. You know, when you use this, 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 the shoes of peace, we stamp out, we tread upon serpents and scorpions. And it is a defensive weapon. So when our peace is, is being um, affected by the fiery darts, it protects our feet and where we're going. And the flaming arrows, it protects our feet. We have an unshakable peace that is given to us by Jesus. Not as the world give peace. Do not let the world take away your peace. Do not let anything take away your peace. I have some questions for you. What lies are the enemy telling you to convince you that the world's way meets your needs? The world's way of peace meets your needs. What areas have you surrendered and go back and pick up and it is now affecting your peace. 
What steps is the Holy Spirit telling you to take now, NLH? This moment, each person is being tugged by the Holy Spirit to do something different, to change something different, to change something in our lives so we can experience full peace with Christ. Our Christian life is not a mold. It's not a cookie cutter. And so we experience things differently and, and, and we have different degrees of hearing from God and how God talks to me he does not necessarily talk to you that way but what is the Holy Spirit telling you now and the Holy Spirit is working on different areas of our lives so there must be something that the Lord is saying to you now what is it how is it that you are going to go forward and change your life and keeping that peace that Christ has given you to you. Romans, I leave this with you. Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are to expect to enjoy our relationship with each other and with Christ. Apart from this, our love walk is a walk of pieces and not peace. Thank you, NLH, for listening. May God bless you. Shalom. Mm. Thank you. I would like to, however, um, quickly list reach out to the people who are listening and they do not know Christ as their savior. They're clueless to this peace, peace that we're talking about or we want to experience. So Father, even now, if you are not saved, if you have not surrendered your life to Christ, this is where Romans 10 says that if we confess with our mouth, and believe in our hearts, or we can say trust in our hearts, that Jesus Christ died and was risen from the dead, then we will be saved. Father, any person who have confessed with their mouth and believe in their hearts that Jesus Christ died for them, under the sound of my voice, I pray that you would keep them, that you would keep them in perfect peace, the shalom of God will be theirs. That they would know you and the power of your resurrection. That they will know you, Father. Lord, that they will not follow a religion, that they will not follow a situation, that they will not follow what they see of religion, but they will follow you. May you reveal yourself to them, to them in a very tangible way. May their intimacy and their relationship grow with you. And I pray, mighty God, as they have surrendered, that you will cover them under your blood and that their household will be saved and the shalom of God will be theirs. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.